Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. made. I no longer do consulting work, but yeah, we'll just skip by that for now. Welcome uh, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Alan Smith, and our number 347-826-9170. And this is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. And today is Thursday, January 27, 2011. Appreciate you tuning in and spending a little bit of your time with us this evening. And Donna, I can hear you knocking around back there, so you're on the line, I take it. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I can always hear you back there. Uh, but we, we have an interesting show planned with our special guest, uh, Todd Deals. And you all know he is the senior editor of Truckers News Magazine over at truckersnews.com. And we'll be discussing an article in their January issue of the magazine on whether or not the trucking industry is seeing an increase in driver pay due to the implementation of the CSA. Because if you will recall, all the reports about the CSA taking place was going to bring about a greater level of roadside inspections. It was going to create a driver shortage pushing out tens of thousands of drivers, which would ultimately lead to companies raising their pay for their drivers in order to maintain the best of the best. But did did any of this happen, or or is it happening? Are you, as drivers, experiencing all of these roadside inspections? Have drivers uh, lost their jobs due to the CSA coming into place? And most importantly, have you, as drivers, experienced a raise in pay from all of this? So we're interested in hearing from drivers as to whether or not any of these scenarios have actually occurred, and along with that, uh, our guest has some very interesting insight into driver data and statistics based on investigative work that was included in the January issue of Truckers News Magazine. So it's going to be a good show, Raising Truck Driver Wages Through the CSA? Question mark. Just one aspect we will be discussing this evening on Truth About Trucking Live. And again, to be a part of the show, 347-826-9170 is our number. And uh, Todd Deals of Truckers News Magazine and host of the Channel 19 blog at overdriveonline.com forward slash channel 19 will join us right after this break. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AskTheTrucker.com. Remember the late 60s and the 1970s when songs about trucking, the truck driver, and the trucking way of life was all over the radio? Songs like Six Days on the Road, Teddy Bear, and of course the number one hit by C.W. McCall, Convoy. Well, the lifestyle of the American trucker is once again making its way into the world of music and the dreams that legends are made of. 
songwriters Barry Allen and David Ayers of Allen and Ayers Productions, along with artist John Johnson, have produced the first music CD since the mid-70s dedicated to all the men and women of trucking. The CD is a savvy, up-to-date collection of original songs relating to present-day issues that truckers face on a daily basis. Songs like Don't Get Hooked on Dak, The Trucking Brand, Say a Prayer for Jason, and of course the smash hit When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. Be sure to get your copy of When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD or you can download just the songs that you want. Just visit AskTheTrucker.com and you'll find the music player right on our website. Individual songs are only 99 cents each or to receive the entire collection, just a small cost of only $15. The hard copy of the CD is scheduled to be released in August 2010. These are all new original trucking songs that will keep you running down the highway, saluting all of our nation's truckers who keep America moving. When the Big Rigs Don't Roll Trucking CD Release, produced by Allen and Ayers Productions. As an owner-operator, you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can, and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face. RickQuote.com works with over 50 of the top insurance carriers across the U.S. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price. If you're an owner-operator, small fleet owner, freight broker, freight forwarder, whatever your trucking business entails, RickQuote.com can save you money, and in today's economy, we all know how important that is. They also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rigquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888-701-1795, rigquote.com, making trucking insurance simplified. And be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you. All right, welcome back. Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Alan Smith. Donna's over here clicking away on something, but she'll be with us here in a second. And special guest, Todd Deals of Truckers News Magazine. Uh, always a pleasure to have him back on here. Todd, how you doing? Doing good, Alan. How are you? Uh, I'm hanging in there. I was um, I was looking at... Uh, I saw the uh, Alabama area code kind of threw me off for a second, but I figured, well, that had to be you. Yeah, yeah. I still, uh, you know, the the magazines are based in Alabama. I live in I'm living up in Nashville now, and I, th- I think we've talked about this before. But I still have that Alabama phone. Uh, yeah, you know, it works out. <laughs> yeah, I, I remembered that. So, uh, and your little hands up there too. But we got our got our lines filling up. Uh, got twenty or so people in the chat, and they're coming in. So appreciate everybody being here. Um, you know, I guess to start off. Um, I'm just going to throw out here, you know, we we we're hearing all this uh, you know, the CSA is going was going to, you know, do away with, you know, 150,000 or 300,000 drivers whatever it was and cause a driver shortage and you know, the CSA was going to be the cause to, of um, you know, getting rid of drivers and all this, but you know, 
and we we've said this many times, and I just I I don't know if everybody's getting or not, but Todd, really the the CSA really doesn't have anything to do with getting rid of drivers. I mean, that's the trucking companies take it upon themselves to do that. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, real quick? Well, yeah, I mean. I think the uh, the whole twenty thousand, the two hundred thousand drivers uh, losing their jobs over this is, was a lot of uh, kind of alarmist sort of uh, talk here uh, leading up to the uh, to the launch. And you know, of course, here we are. It's uh, the the safety management system has been live for almost two months, and uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think uh, I doubt the two hundred thousand drivers have lost their jobs in the last two months because of it. Um, it seems to be uh, it's an ongoing rollout. Uh, uh, the, you know, the real effects of it will be kind of felt over the long term, and that's one thing to understand. And when you hear, uh, I don't think a lot of drivers should be afraid of, of losing their jobs over this. That's that's for sure. Um, but uh, and yeah, like you know, like 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 you were saying before, I think there are some positives that could come out of this. Yeah, because I mean, I I kind of. I kind of mentioned this, you know, early on when it was just coming out, and you know, I I kind of used the term alarmist too, and and I I mean I, I I'm no expert on the CSA, but I just couldn't see any any program being launched that would just knock that many drivers out of the driver's seat. I just found it, uh, I just couldn't comprehend that. I just never did believe it. Um, and you know, and Donna, you and I was talking earlier. You know, I mean, uh, the CSA has um, you know the intervention, so really that's kind of a sign that they're trying to save jobs. Uh, it's ultimately up to the company again to get rid of them. You know. Well, I think sure. uh, the letters that we get, a lot of drivers um, are are getting terminated, and the reason is, you know, they give them the reason CSA, and you have to wonder if you know uh, carriers are, are using this if they want to get rid of the driver anyway for whatever reason. Um, they look back at their safety reports. Um, even though they can't pull a PSP on a driver they already have, um, there is a way that, that they can, you know, they know what, what their record is. Um, so it could be out of fear that the driver, that the companies themselves are using CSA uh, to terminate drivers that have iffy records or you know, they, they consider questionable. And, uh, you know, if, if that's really be, being the case right now, uh, and now they're stuck with saying, well, there's not enough qualified drivers. And then, of course, that leads to, well, then why don't you pay the drivers, you know, if you want qualified, and then it goes into a great big discussion, um, and here we are tonight. So um, anyway, I think that's that's the thing with CSA as part of the intervention the drivers really um, don't get an intervention unless unless the uh, company has an intervention, and that that's what it looks like to me. Is that correct? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's all CSA is all about uh, it's all about uh, keeping tabs on carrier performance uh, you know, from a safety standpoint, and you know insofar as the driver contributes to that, of course, which he is is the is the front line of it really. Um, then you know, yeah, the driver's part of that. And you know, in terms of uh, the value of that front line, uh, it uh, you know it's funny guys. I uh, 
I uh, you know didn't didn't really have a whole lot of um, perspective on the on the pay angle uh, until you know I, I uh, people start talking about the driver shortage again, right? It's the same old uh, story we've heard for years, and uh, you know it goes back way before my time, of course, uh, in trucking. I've only been around the industry for five years, or so but uh, when I got into the into the uh, reporting on the industry, um, it was people were talking about it then, and uh, probably around 2006 or so. Uh, and you know, it always kind of seemed to me, uh, you know, a lot of drivers would tell me, you know, oh, there's no shortage, that kind of thing. And you know, I think it's basically, uh, and it's an objection to the term itself, which makes it kind of, you know, kind of, kind of puts uh, turns people into a commodity kind of thing, but. Uh, you know the real shortage. Uh, you, know, you know when we start thinking about it, uh, I have to I have to attribute this to Jeff Clark. He's a driver from Wisconsin. He's quite the, got a got a quite good uh, handle on on things and uh, quick with a good metaphor every now and again. But it's like a, you know, he he suggests, of course, that you know, the shortage was it's really not 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 a not a personnel shortage, space shortage, right? It's like a guy. It's like a guy goes to a Cadillac dealer and wants to. He wants to buy a Cadillac for ten thousand dollars, brand new, and uh, you know nobody will sell it to him. And so he goes, "Hey, there's a Cadillac shortage, man." And uh, <laughs> so, so you know, anyway, like you know, I'm, I'm talking about driver's shortage. I'm just report on it. And uh, what I ended up, uh, I ended up at a uh, conference put on in part by uh, actually the the company that I worked for, uh, they were they were part sponsor. It was a big truckload carriers association meeting uh, about, uh, it's called uh, quite, uh, you know, uh, stormily, the, the the perfect storm. And it was all about, it was, it was about recruitment and retention, uh, basically. And there was a kind of a, you know, they talked, uh, there were a lot of presentations about uh, the things that you always hear about, you know, trying to recruit outside the Outside the lines of the average driver, that kind of thing. But you know, I think the thing that kept coming back to that all the you know all these recruiting people kept coming back to, and uh, this kind of pattern in all the different sessions was uh, this notion that hey, uh, you know, if if, uh, if we're going to perform, uh, if we're going to perform, you know, and from a safety standpoint in the way that uh, this new program is, you know, is wanting us to, uh, we're going to stick within the, the bounds that this uh, new program is uh, laying on us, then, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to invest in the, in the front lines of, of, of that safe performance. So we're going to have, you know, we're going to pay, pay people more. Uh, and, you know, I, it was, it was kind of like, uh, it, it was like, it was, it was not a question. Uh, it was not something that you know. Nobody, people, nobody, nobody said no. That's that's the wrong way to go. You know, I mean, and there's kind of a pep rally effect that you get at these conferences and such. But uh, but uh, it, it seemed real uh, to me. Well, and you know, that's one thing you had in this article that I that I uh, draw my drew my attention to it specifically because you know the truck driver shortage this, the shortage that, and um, uh, you know I. I I, I I would much right. rather say that it's not really a driver shortage problem, but it's a problem of uh, 
a driver pay shortage. And in your article, right. you, you had done you had done a survey, I guess it was. You had you had the statistics up there as to why what were the main reasons drivers were leaving their jobs and not enough money or low pay came in at forty percent. And so that right. that didn't surprise me. And you tell us a little bit more about that because some of the other I, I can't remember what some of the other reasons were they were leaving, but they were low, low. But dry, the low pay was the main main re- cause right. that drivers were leaving. Well, yeah, I mean that, that question actually was, uh, you know, what that, that question was like, what is uh, what is the cause of the, uh, you know, and I think I had quotes around it, uh, quote unquote driver shortage that every that uh, you know, carriers right. seem to be trumpeting lately, uh, and yeah. Uh, there were there were several uh, several options to, to choose from, and one of them was there is no driver shortage, you know, which that was I think that was number two, and that was 25 percent of drivers said that. But you know, it comes back, it comes around that 40 percent of them uh, said, you know, the reason that uh, carriers might have, I mean, you, you gotta have to extrapolate from it a little bit, but the reason that carriers have, have trouble attracting good people uh, is is because of pay, and uh, it's a long history behind that, of course. Um, you know, and uh, uh, the reason the reason the pay is low is partly uh, seems a result of sort of uh, changes that deregulation brought about in the 80s, and you know, everybody wanted to be a national carrier, you know, rather than uh, sticking to you know, the kind of regional uh, sort of niche markets that uh, trucking was dominated by in the 70s and and, and before, but uh, which you know it kind of Attract, uh, attract uh, a certain kind of of, uh, of person to the industry that uh, that you know, like like uh, I think Todd Spencer uh, from OIDA put it to me that uh, in the in the AFTI regulation, as the you know, carriers consolidated and became huge, bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, and you know they, they basically throw people out on the road and you know. Send them out there for months at a time, that kind of thing, and uh, pay them right. less. You know, and attract, you end up tracking, attracting a lot of people who don't expect to make a lot of money, and that basically just puts all this downward pressure on everybody, uh, anybody driving a truck anywhere. And yeah. uh, but now it seems like uh, it seems like you know, maybe maybe, and again, all this stuff is ongoing. You know, like we like we know like we know at the beginning of the program. Uh, tonight, um, but now it's it does seem you know I'm, I, I'm pretty hopeful in this area that uh, that trend uh, finally may you know with now that uh, this the, the, the federal government's focus on safety as they got out of the whole business of regulating rates since the 80s, which since deregulation, the focus on safety is reaching this like nadir. You know, it's reaching this. Uh, a high level of sophistication now with CSA, and that is is hopeful. You know that seems to be putting in the minds of all these truck carriers around the country uh, the the notion that uh, affecting the notion of the value of the front lines of safety in their minds, uh, and that's the driver. And you know, pay pay going up is you know is uh, the the result. Hopefully. Yeah, well, I, I think overall, I think most drivers see CSA as a positive thing that would, uh, uh, you know, uh, eliminate those, you know, so-called bad drivers that shouldn't be out there anyway. Uh, 
you know, I think another thing, another real major aspect of keeping pay low is the fact that the Department of Labor has drivers listed as uh, categorized as unskilled labor. That's just an economic uh, right. value that, you know, any laborer who's who's classified as unskilled, that's going to affect the economy as keeping the wages low. That's just an economic fact. Yeah, but, classifying uh, it classifying it that way, yeah, you know, I mean it certainly doesn't do anything for the uh for the uh you know the the, the notions of, of the value of, of that work in the minds of the people who employ those. You know, I mean that's and that's all that I think that is, but uh in reclassifying that the job description would you know, federally would you know, who knows if it would make any immediate difference, but um you know, it could it could not it couldn't do anything but help for sure. But these oh, other yeah, factors, yeah. One of one of the statistics that um, someone sent me in an email was the fact um, it was the pay scale, the labor it was from the labor statistics, and actually drivers are making uh, less now than they were in 2008, which tells me that um, if there is an increase in pay. Uh, are they just going to go back up to really what they were? And and even that wouldn't be what they deserve because there's no uh, percent increase every year, you know. Uh, right. What's the word I'm looking for, that 3% increase uh, you get every year in your right. pay? Uh, right. Cost of living, cost of living. So the fact that if wages go up, really, are they really going up or are they going up from when they went down? Right. I mean, that's a good that's a good point to make for sure. And I mean, I think uh, I think there's a lot of this that uh, I mean, the, the charts that, that you refer to. I mean, I have some in my uh, in this story, and you know, start it's tracking starting pay. You know, I mean, basically that's that's the only thing. Uh, the labor the Department of Labor Statistics you can show track that. But that includes a lot of uh, a lot of people who aren't aren't actually drivers in in those, but um for truck transportation. But um the uh yeah, yeah, like the, the cyclical nature of everything, right? Like the the starting pay averages kinda kinda go up as uh, with the economy and then they then they jump back down and then they kinda start to come back. Um and you know it's it's kinda like uh and every time they start to come back is when all the carriers start screaming about driver shortage. And it's, there seems to be, uh, there seems to be, in my mind anyway, there's like an opportunity when that starts to happen. And, and the difference now, and the big difference that now from the past cycles when when wages start to come back, you know, from a from a dip, you know, from a downward dip, uh, the difference now is is in the wild card is is the CSA program, and the fact that carriers are talking about it. Uh, the fact that carriers are worried about it, the fact they're talking about the value of drivers, uh, suggests to me that you know here there's a real opportunity, and and I would I would say like for, for drivers, um, the more people, anytime you when you start hearing driver shortage, uh, you know don't don't immediately uh, you know say oh driver shortage no good you know don't don't immediately immediately take umbrage with the term itself, but uh, you, should, you should think, like, here's an opportunity. And the more guys that go in into the office and, you know, very respectfully and 
and uh, and how, however, there's all kinds of ways to do it. Of course, and I know talking about pay with your boss is is totally difficult. I am, you know, I have the problem myself. But, um, yeah, the more people you know, bring it up, uh, you know, the more the more that it puts uh, puts the value, the question of value in the mind of the of the employers, and uh, you know, in the end, could work out better for everybody. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of variables involved in this too. I mean, you know, as far as raising the pay, I mean, it's such a regular regulated industry. I mean, you know, a carrier can you know, be paying 32 cents a mile and, you know, say, okay, we're going to raise your pay to 45 cents a mile. Well, that's great, but then they cut your miles to 2,000. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of ways that they can play with that. And based on your uh, article in Truckers News in the January issue, Todd, um, uh, boy, our lines are really filling up. Everybody's listening. That's okay. We like listeners. Uh, everybody in the chat room. Uh, again, our call-in number, if you have a, a idea about this conversation, 347-826-9170. But based on your um, uh, article, Todd, I can tell you that uh, drivers that we hear from daily, you know, through email and our phone calls, uh, and I usually ask them, you know, are, are you seeing those roadside inspections out there, you know? Uh, right. I, I can't think of one driver who I've spoken with in the last few months who said that they've seen an increase in those inspections. Right. I, I've uh, I've talked several. You know, I mean, some, it's just kind of across the board. Uh, you know, some people uh, are are unlucky and get some get more inspections. Uh, some and I don't, and I don't think that CSA has changed uh, changed uh, the aggregate level of inspections a whole lot uh, since it's since it uh, started. Uh what's kind of interesting though is the is the, the changes in the in the prioritization of of who gets inspected on the on the roads. I mean they, there's not like there's a lot of inspectors out there who are uh who weren't there before. I mean the same number of trucks are gonna get inspected as 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 has been in the past, but uh uh, well, what about what about this? Have, have you heard anything about what about all that talk that they were going to uh, the day after CSA was implemented that they were going to start training all these officers on that? I, that's kind of dropped under the radar. I've never heard anything about it. Well, they uh, the training is ongoing, you know, on a state by state basis. That's what I've been told. And uh, you know, the folks that uh, a lot of the folks that were in the pilot states are already up on it. Uh, you know, pretty pretty big way and you know, most everybody knows what what the program is about but it doesn't really change a lot from from the point of view of uh of, of the inspectors with the like I said with the exception of the fact that uh if if uh if the state has implemented the new uh safety measurement system at the roadside they have uh, all these new tools to prioritize uh trucks coming through and uh I have heard from some carriers who, uh, particularly in pilot states, who uh, prior to the launch were like uh, during the during the pilot in their state when uh, the, the inspectors got the new inspection selection systems uh, running on the roadside. These carriers, uh, some small carriers, basically got uh, started getting like you know, they were hot and heavy with inspections in the state. And then when the safety measurement system went live, um, and uh, it turned out that, that their scores were, were populating these bases, and their scores were not bad, their scores were good, uh, things kind of cooled off for them. So, you know, that's, uh, 
the nature the nature of uh, inspection is that you know the more inspections you get, if they're good inspections, uh, you're going to get inspected less. And uh, so it's 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 interesting. It's just I'm always curious to hear from from folks just to hear hear their points of view about uh, the things they're seeing out on the road. And I, I've just been lately trying to figure out trying to sort of talk to more people and and uh, see what folks are seeing out on the road. So it would be kind of nice to hear from some, some if you've got some online who've, who've, uh, who've, who've seen anything interesting out there. Uh, yeah, well, we've got a uh, – well, let's see. Uh, boy, we've got – we don't have too many lines left to open. Keep trying, but uh, everybody's just listening to you, Tyler. So I've got – this might be uh, – this might be um, Desiree. I don't know. Area code seven six zero. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Yeah, it's me. Hi, okay. Todd. Hi, Alan, Todd, and Donna. Um, Hi. Yeah, I we have the pay for performance pay package that we just got an uh, announcement for at my company, and it says they're launching it February first of twenty eleven. Performance oh, wow. pay package, and it's supposed to give us an annual review. But the problem is they gave us three pay cuts in 2008, and we right. haven't had an accident between now and then. So they're actually making me wait from February 1st, 2011 to February 1st, 2012 to get maybe two cents back that they took of the three cents they took away from me in 2008. Right. So... You know, it's a little bit, you know, it sounds good on paper. Um, the CSA, I think, it is going to help um, get out uh, some of the people that shouldn't be here, and it does um, make some more accountability um, for these carriers that are, are doing what they're doing and not really producing anything to go up into the qualified carriers and the specialized carriers that are looking for drivers and going, why can't we find any qualified drivers? Because they're not getting turned out. And um, and then some of us that have been kind of putting up with this are kind of getting burned out. So I think the pay, the performance-based pay is going to be a good thing to do, but it's a little misleading how they're doing it because we were also forced onto per diem. So it looks good in the press releases, but in practice, I'm having to start right from the start line again to get what I already earned. Right. right. We were saying before that, you know, you can give somebody a raise, so what does that mean? You're just bringing them back up to where they were a couple of years ago? I mean, yeah. uh, and this, this, right. Our announcement, it says here, I have the newsletter right in front of me, and, and they said, like I said, it starts to February uh, uh, 1st, 2011, and it says after one year, it says the performance-based scorecard will measure each driver in five categories, safety performance, fuel efficiency, so that means that the idling issue is going to be involved in it, service, CARE, which is our acronym for Communication, Attitude, Respect, and Excellence, and Production. So they're saying it's a performance thing, so it doesn't have all to do with um, safety. It has to do with all these other things. So it says the scorecard is going to be obtained at each driver's annual review prior to their anniversary, which mine is in, in December, and I just had it, so I have to wait till next year. 
and it says an excellent scorecard can increase a driver's line haul pay as much as two cents per mile. However, a subpar scorecard can reduce a driver's pay as much as two cents per mile. For drivers at the top of the pay scale, excellent performance will also earn them an annual thank you bonus. Um, okay. You know, so it's sure. a little bit, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, it sounds it sounds to me like uh, I mean the, the fact that they're, that they're instituting that um, is, is probably I mean it definitely sounds like a thing, um, but uh, it, it also kind of parallels uh, you know stories I've heard from folks all around the uh, all around the country and other and other kind of professions. Uh, you know the 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 pay cuts that everybody got in 2008, uh, and then. Rather than uh, rather than going to a sort of an inflation type raise for everyone, uh, going to these kind of performance based uh, raises and such. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It actually you know. gives them another year at a low rate. Yeah. Right. So uh, and another a um, th- thing that's really going around is you know people want to get rid of the cents per mile and they want to actually have um, you know people getting paid drivers getting paid for their waiting time uh, whether right. that be waiting for a load uh, waiting for a shipper or a receiver yeah. all those delays um, and that will that will alleviate any kind of cents uh, uh, per mile decrease they've had. Uh, in the past. So, you know, on this yep. performance thing, it all sounds great, but perhaps to really kick it off, maybe they should uh, bring back the, the the driver's pay of what they were cut to. In right. other words, if, if they were cut three cents, okay, starting February 1st, you're going to get your three cents back. And then right. after that, we're going to do a pay uh, for performance raise. And that would be more fair, but that's Almost the point for me, my logic says that's almost ridiculous uh, to say, well, you can get your payback if you do A, B, C, and D. And a lot of it has to do with, um, like she said, idling, no idle, you know, for the fuel saving and, uh, you know, air and all this. So I don't know. It's it's just kind of uh, gives them another year to keep drivers at that low rate. That's what it looks like to me. Sure. Well, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, in Desiree's case, another year, I guess, uh, other people have different anniversaries, eh? Oh, that's true, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Desiree. Um, you know, I've got I've got another caller on here. It's an international caller. I don't know if I'll take it or not, Donna. Um you know, I just don't ever know about those international callers. We get some, you know, we get like that last caller we had. Okay, well, um, um, but you got that quick mute button. Keep your finger on it. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot because uh, it's area code 200, so that tells me uh, I've got the number here, area code 200. It's an international call. I know that. We'll go ahead and try. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, hello. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is Christopher Poole. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, who did these? Uh, all right. That will be uh, the end of <laughs> end of that call. Um, 
<laughs> uh, okay. That's the only thing about those international calls. We got we have a lot of a lot of international listeners, and uh, some of them are good, and some of them we're just not so sure about. Uh, so sure. we do have. Let's see. Uh, okay, from Delaware. Uh, let's see. This might be Richard or Patches. I'm not for sure. Area code 302, Delaware. Go ahead. Hi, Alan. It's Rich. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Um, you know, a lot of good points are being made. Uh, first of all, you know, CSA is just a different type of enforcement than what we were actually doing before. You know, mm-hmm. the only really difference is decreasing the amount of um, on-site total compliance reviews and the whole basis of it was based on the um time it took to and and it took to do a compliance review and they kind of streamlined it to where they can focus on particular items that they can go into so if a carrier just has problems in as far as like uh, mechanical or you know the seven basic areas but as far as with the drivers in, in losing their drivers our fleet is an aging fleet the average age of drivers out there is 47 years of age and ours is a very restricted, a very regulated, and a very disciplined occupation. And a lot of the youth coming in or looking at our occupation um, don't seem to want to be as disciplined as what the older, better drivers were. And I, in my business, as you well know, I, I've been going around training and teaching CSA um, and showing drivers where you know, even in the CSA PowerPoint explains where the uh, federal government will not affect your driving. Well, if you're a motor carrier that gets a letter of intervention that says you have uh, a high, you know, number in um, uh, mechanical and one driver isn't doing pre-trip inspections and he's getting caught with maintenance problems, then, you know, the federal government is handing your troublemaker to you. But, yeah. uh, so, so that's one thing that, that I think, that it actually is working with the people to do. But, you know, uh, there are several problems we have with, with pay increases and pay structures. You have your for-hire motor carrier. I'm a firm believer in percentages, you know, of flat rates and, uh, you know, on what the load is hauling. Um, but with the new regulations coming in on the time frames allowed, you know, time that allow, drivers are allowed to drive, it's going to restrict the amount of time or how much money a person can make simply by regulation. So the problem is out of 750,000 registered motor carriers, you know, what percentage of them are for hire motor carrier that's regulated by hours of service and definitely the enforcement is CSA? And what are guys that are in a supportive measure where the vehicle isn't generating any revenue? So they have to look at their structure because that guy has to be as qualified as what a guy is hauling freight for hire. Sure. Yeah, you're talking about in terms of like a private carrier, right? Okay. Yeah, and and I mean, yeah. if somebody's driving, say, a, um, a six-wheel delivery truck, or you know, guys say a driving right. a beer truck and or a soda truck, you know, I mean, he's making you know, several stops a day, but he's not based on the amount of revenue that that vehicle is making on the load it's hauling. You know, he's made right. based on what the company, the profit of the company is making, or what they he's have probably, to consider probably as getting paid expense. hourly or something, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we have such a wide area in our industry that's regulated but that needs qualified drivers. Yeah, the whole hours, the whole hours picture is interesting because what you're, what you're saying basically is like the percent, you know, some the the whole percentage of the load uh, method of 
of pay and if if, uh, if hours become more restrictive uh, is definitely much less uh, less attractive to folks. Right, sure. and when, when I had when I had the company that I worked for, our drivers worked on a percentage basis. And to give you an example, like the uh, guys that, that ran from our home terminal out to the Midwest and back, those loads paid. You know, the company it was a, it was a private carrier, and those loads were figured in a freight rate. You know, that they charged to the the customer. It was incorporated in the rate, and the drivers got a flat percentage where the driver might be able to do that in five days. In the old days, well, with the new rules the way they are and not being able to stop and take breaks or any accountability for loading and unloading, the drivers were taking seven to eight days to make the same run, but yet they were making the same amount of money. Right. So, yeah, sure. you know, I, I think we need we need to restructure our, 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 our pay structures because, you know, drivers are going to be held more accountable through CSA, bottom line. Now they're, they're affected directly by the results of their actions. So we need to, to, to incorporate something in there and make an agreement. And I, one of the things I'm a firm believer in that I think that the carrier should do is, and, and everybody should do, or the government should do, is regulate the shippers and receivers and make them accountable for because I mean they're the first ones that that will pick a carrier based on if he cuts the rate, and not because of the service that they provide. Sure, and I've heard a lot of uh, I mean, the uh, you know just paying folks by the hour uh, now make a whole lot more sense than it did before. What do you and, think? As long as long as the hour, because I mean, you look at a guy that runs long, a guy and gal that runs long distance. If you pay him by the hour, you got to be careful. You may below be below minimum wage. Yeah, you know, for the total time that he works. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Richard. And uh, yeah, that's uh, Todd. That's just getting back into more regulations, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's sure. Uh, you know, don't know if yeah, it's, it's just it takes regulations. Circles. <laughs> I hear you. How about caller from uh, area code three one four, Missouri? Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. That would be me. How are you, Alan? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? This is, this is I'm doing fine. This is Eddie. Hey, oh, hi, Eddie. Hey, how you doing? Uh, All right. I just wanted to add to uh, Desiree's comments over there. Uh, you know, I, I'm fully in support of her that driver pay is probably going to go down before it goes up. I mean, from a business perspective, uh, payroll is uh, number two behind fuel as the most expensive part of our trucking business operation. So naturally, as you know, Last year, we saw the fuel prices come down a little bit, and so companies were willing to pay drivers a little bit more. And uh, now that uh, fuel prices are going up, obviously, you know, somebody has got to give, and it appears that driver pay will suffer as the prices go up. Uh, in addition, all the new regulations that companies have to adjust to, like, you know, idling lows, clean air, noise, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's a catch-22 situation because without without paying drivers well, truck, you know, trucking companies cannot attract good or reliable drivers. So it sounds like, you know, we may have to think of alternatives like organized, uh, you know, groups or, you know, I don't know too much about unions, but it sounds like we may need some organizations that actually represent drivers and go to the companies and say, hey, you know, we are an integral part of the operation and we demand uh, better pay than we are already getting. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and Todd, there's always a lot of talk, uh, you know, about union this and union that, and, you know, a lot of drivers are for it, a lot of it are against it. It's kind of the same old saying, you know, it's it's hard to get a, two truck drivers to agree on one thing. Right. I think you're right. And it's, uh, I mean, there's just so many uh, the owner-operators, uh, lease carriers, are, are basically, uh, you know, under the legal definition of, of, of union, you know, uh, collective bargaining are there they're basically they they have no recourse in that in that in that area uh, because they're considered business owners so it's just yeah and then it's uh it's an interesting area but i i like uh i was interested in what Eddie talked about with fuel going up again yet uh since yeah you know, i think a lot of that a lot of that increase it's been happening pretty sharply here since since november when uh when i uh, attend when i attended that conference i talked about earlier uh and that variable, if it continues to go up and continues to go up, and we get another situation like we had in 2008, yeah, in the short term, that could uh, that could be a uh, uh, you know buzzkill in the whole uh, the drive pay uh, uh, situation. But you know, going forward, the same variables still apply, and, and, and uh, you know, of course, the fuel situation could could do a big uh, number on the economy, uh, and the freight market as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's just point, there's, for sure. There's just so many things, you know, involved in that. So, sure. uh, all right, thanks, Eddie. Uh, I tell you what, let's take a quick break, and we'll continue our discussion with Todd Dills of Truckers News Magazine. When we come back, and uh, Patches, I see you there. We'll take Patches' call uh, right after this break. Be right back. Hey, everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. All right, yeah, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, good company. Uh, we're talking with Todd Dills, uh, senior editor for Truckers News Magazine over at truckersnews.com. Um, uh, let's get Patches in here. Uh, Patches, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, good afternoon or evening, Alan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here. How you doing? I'm alive. These new well, what do you think about it? in the CSA 2010, in my opinion, both of them should actually be thrown out. CSA uh, 2010 is not in too many ways. Probably in what something is known as double care. And in these new hours of service, not going to help the safety issue, which they intended it to do. It's going to do more hindrance. It's going to slow everything down. 
to well, the new hours of service. The new hours of service is just a proposal, so they're not really in effect yet, and I don't think they're going to be. And whatever comes about, I don't think they're going to be the ones that they're proposing. There's going to be some more changes to that. Well, I hope so. Well, that's why you need to put your submission in on there. They're they're looking for comments on the uh, CSA. You know, there's a lot of things in these new regulations that they're putting out that the way they're doing it, their thinking is correct. I've got to give them that. But the way they are putting it forth is incorrect. Well, what what do you not like about the CSA? Well, it puts the driver themselves in double jeopardy. Okay. If a trucking company, he drives for a trucking company. He's just a driver. The company gets a ticket for their trailer. Why should it show up on the driver's record? Well, because if, because if there was something, if there was some, if there was a safety issue with that trailer, uh, he shouldn't have, he, he or she shouldn't have taken off with it. Well, I'm going to agree with you. Okay. However, if that said that same driver has written that trailer up several several times, and the company has refused to repair the items that uh, he has written up or she has, driver has refused to pull that until that's driver. Well, they're supposed to not, um, Willie. They're supposed to not uh, pull it. You know, they have to refuse. That was that was one of the discussions we had, yeah. you know, when this was first coming up. Uh, we, if drivers refused, then they they were afraid they were going to be terminated and so forth. Um, but they need to not drive it if there's something wrong. And now they have some more leverage uh, behind them uh, to do I'm that. I'm going to agree with you, but see, this is my point. My point is. The driver has written it up. He's refused to pull it. He then, even if that happens, if that driver does decide, well, this company's not repairing the vehicles, so I've got to move on. I've got to go to, to a company that will repair their equipment. He will not be able, or she will not be able to get a job because pre-screen. It will refuse well, if you. Yes, he is okay. Uh, supposedly, you know, that's one of the benefits. If you have a good PSP, you know, you're supposed to be in demand. Now, that's, you know, theoretical. Theoretically. Forget it. It's largely theoretical at this point, pursuing it. I'll tell you this, if I may. I've got some, I did my pre-screen. i got stuff on there that's two years old. I have uh, put my... uh, Objections into it, ask for review of it. If it's over 12 months old, no state will do a cotton-picking thing. No state. Yeah, I've heard the same thing from a lot of folks. Uh, have, have, that right now with that. is keeping me from being hired. This is what I'm saying. The driver is being held in double jeopardy because of what a company does not do. Or force the them to do does, in the past. Does his job? No, that's even today. I know a driver right now that's lost his cost of the pre-screen because of what's on his driving record, of what the yeah. company got the tickets for. The yeah. company did not repair and send the work orders in. So right. Yeah. We we've, we've gone over this quite a bit, uh, but but Todd the. Uh, 
you know, shouldn't the since this is implemented by the CSA, and you know these problems like uh, Willie's talking about and everything, and we've gone over this same thing over and over and over, mm-hmm. so I don't want to go over it all over again. But if a driver is found in that position, uh, shouldn't the uh, he should have more help behind him because of the CSA? I mean, should he? Yeah, should, today, they should be able today, to go to the. Go ahead. Yeah, today he should for sure. I mean, most most motor carriers are going to uh, are, are paying more attention to uh, to small things and, uh, and and you know small and large things uh, problems with the treads that could you know could be a special violation because of CSA. That that doesn't mean, of course, that uh, everybody's doing it. But uh, I think what, uh, what what the caller was was talking about was uh, the, the problem being you know okay the, the PSP has a uh, you know three year inspection look back. Uh, three mm-hmm. years ago, two or three years ago, were were a lot of carriers uh, talking about CSA and worried about uh, small violations of trailers? No, <laughs> so Bye. so it's kind of like we're, like as we're kind of catching up to uh, uh, catching up to the program now, and like everybody knows about it now, and everybody's like everybody's cognizant of the fact that you you know if, you, if your driver sees a problem, you got to fix it. Well, not everybody obviously, but. But uh, they weren't like that three years ago, so there there is a big problem with that. And and uh, I've, you know, drivers using that data queue system for challenging a lot of the a lot of past information that was not their fault is proven problematic. Uh, a lot a lot of different issues with that for sure. And I'm actually will be I got a story that uh, probably going to come out in March issue that will will take a big look at uh, at some of that in Truckers News. So we'll have to. Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, Donna, what's your take on that? Because I would think now, if uh, if a driver pulled away with a, you know, a a safety problem with a trailer or tractor or whatever, uh, load securement, whatever the case is, they ought to they they should be able to go right to the FMCSA and say, look, you know, this company let me go because of this, and they. Uh, you see where I'm going? They should have a voice I, I, for them. I know exactly where you're going. And the the problem I see is because we're playing catch-up now, and in the past um, none of these things were really recorded, or and nobody even thought that they were going to do three- and five-year look-backs of, of uh, right. patients and so forth. So drivers who were, A, uh, pushed to drive over their hours, uh, okay, they took a chance, and they didn't want to lose their job. They didn't say no. Bam, they got caught. Uh, that's on their PSP. Drivers that uh, reported uh, trailers with problems or, you know, something's wrong, equipment problems, and the company said, well, just go anyway and make it to, you know, such and such. They get caught. There's a violation, okay, and now that's on their PSP. So a lot of these um, violations that nobody thought they'd ever be caught on have have gone on. They're on their records, and many of them are not the fault of the driver. Right. They've been pushed into it. Had they known, I mean, you know, hindsight's great. Had they known, oh, well, in a couple of years we're going to be accountable for all these, I better start saying no. Maybe they would have, and maybe not, because if you ask drivers what's the reason that you did that, they said, I was afraid of losing my job. 
because there's retaliation, and we all know there's retaliation. Um, now there might not be because see that you know now it's going to fall back on uh, on the on the carrier also. So yeah, it's a different picture. So you know that's what I see the problem with the PSP. Good drivers have some bad records, and it wasn't their fault. And I'm not trying to relieve accountability to drivers, but the truth is, in many of the cases, it isn't their fault. And uh, I'm sure if they could live it, you know, do it over again, they'd do things differently. But, you know, it's too late. I did want to bring up a a question um, to Todd later about the driver shortage um, and H2B visas. Okay, I will. And uh, Patches makes a good point because, I mean, there are still a lot of problems just like just like that with the CSA. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. Uh, but uh, caller from Oklahoma, area code 918. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Good. What's going on? Not much. Is this me or is it Jim? Oh, that's Jim. Hey, Jim. Oh, I must hit a button. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, I, I saw your hand. I thought you wanted to talk. <laughs> well, hey, well, Jim. Jim, you're a driver out there. I mean, are you seeing an increase in roadside inspections and uh, anything like that? I, I see a whole lot more people taking care of their stuff. I'm telling you what. It used to be I'd drive a trailer or and pick another one up, and it would be uh, something wrong with it. Now, when I go over it, it's it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. No one drops a bad trailer anymore. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. All right. Well, good. All right. Uh, let's um, – I just saw your hand there, Jim, so I thought you were jumping in here. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, – got a caller from California, area code 8 – oh, man, my eyesight. 80 – here, let me do my little – rough getting old. Area code 805, uh, California. Go ahead. Yeah. First, I'd like to say hi to Desiree. This is Bear. Uh, I, I work for the same company that she does, and I'm seeing a lot. I've got a lot of friends out there that are. I got one friend that was inspected three times in one day. In, in California? No, I'm right. I'm right now. I'm I'm in Kentucky. Uh, okay. He was in. He was in. Some western state. I'm not sure exactly which one he was in, but he got inspected three times in one day, and it was just pull over on the freeway kind of inspections. I've heard some similar stories from folks too about things like that. You know, I feel like they're taking advantage. He, one of the cops, told him that they have to do something like 500 between now and the next six months. Really. yeah, there was there was a quota that they have to meet. Um, you know how much validity there is to that, I couldn't tell you. It's just that that's what this one driver told me that a police officer, a state trooper, told him. I've gotten some. Yeah. I've heard some anecdotal reports very similar to that too. Uh, you know, it's hard to things that are hard to check out. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, how do you uh, check like that out? Nobody's going to say, "Yeah, that's why I said that." I mean. Right. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the officers out there I find are. I've never been inspected since it started. Um, I have a brand new truck, so I guess they're not too concerned about my stuff. 
And as far as the trailers go, I'm not having any problems at all with that. Uh, my company, I, I get a trailer, and, and in fact, they they are pulling them in and inspecting them quicker than you can use them. Almost seems like mm-hmm. the in the hind parts because they're inspecting the doggone things every time you turn around. All right. Well, Todd, that sounds one of the things you're kind of looking for. Sounds like they're uh, they're, they're getting more on top of it. That sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and he, he brought, brought, brings up a great point about uh, just uh, you know, no, <laughs> had it put to me the other day. Like nobody you know, likes to use the term profiling, you know. Uh, <laughs> but but that's kind of what uh, that's kind of like you know what a roadside inspector does. You know, he he'd, he got in a nice new truck. Everything's clean. You're probably gonna you're more likely to get the pass and. And, you know, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but but it's really kind of always been that way. I mean, I always yeah, kept exactly, my yeah. rig clean, so that's really not anything different. I mean, it's not kind yeah. of always been that way, you know. Yeah, sure. I, I know it's um, for sure. Okay, well, Ben, Ben, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, well, listen, time's winding down here. Uh, I want to get more into uh, your article and the issue. Uh, sure. What what more in, in this uh this issue should we know about that maybe I haven't covered here yet? Uh, in that story, particularly, uh, I think we I think we pretty well covered it. I mean, uh, the no, it's basically the, it's it's just the notion that um, uh, the notion that uh, you know as CSA continues to to be developed, uh, uh, it could be uh, in the end a, a bonus for for. Uh, uh, like it could mean, you know, in aggregate, uh, the driver pay sort of averages and such returning to levels that uh, that make more sense uh, than they have over the years. It I mean, could be. I don't know if we're seeing it now. And you brought up the other point right. about diesel price. You know, they're calling for four or five dollars a gallon. Uh, now yeah. it's dropping. Now it's it, the price of crude has dropped. But you know, I That's, think there's a lot of people playing that game too. So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to figure anything on crude price. I mean, too many too many people playing with that thing. It is for sure, and um, you know, this, this that's a that's a big wild card for sure. If we if we go back up to four or five a gallon diesel, you can probably expect another uh, you know, couple of years worth of recession. But uh, but uh, hopefully, uh, diesel will follow crude and drop back down a little bit. That's our level. Uh, well, I, I, I personally, just on a personal note, I don't think the economy is going to. I think the economy is going to stay the way it is for probably another three to five years. That's just my personal opinion. But right. uh, Donna, I know you're foaming at the bit. You've <laughs> got to get NAFTA in here, I bet. Well, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to squeeze NAFTA in. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's come on. I, I I want to play Connie Chung here. You know, just tell tell Todd. Listen, Todd, it's just me and you. You can tell me. Nobody's listening. You know, but we got to put. For some reason, I like putting Todd on the hot seat, so come on, let's do something. Okay, Todd. <laughs> this is what I'm, this is what, 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 well, we've been hashing it around over here, Alan and I, but I want to bring this up. If, um, there is a lot of talk of driver shortage, and I do believe that a lot of times um, it's created to either oversaturate the market uh, to make sure that you know there's always enough drivers, and um, and that's how that turnover rate you know for years went on. But here's another thought 
you know, outsourcing is such a huge thing um, right now in the country, and it's it's people are starting to wake up and realize that it's it's a huge problem. However, um, if if the the industry can actually uh, proclaim that there is a driver shortage, I mean, the one way you could look at it is, yes, drivers would be paid better because they'd be in demand. However, the other side of that is if there's not enough qualified drivers and um, they can convince of the industry that um, that there is a driver shortage, that could allow for the H-2B visa um, applicants to enter in, and they will have a lower pay, which would probably be very much appealing uh, with the higher price of fuel going on. Um, do you, has that been, you know, mentioned, talked about? Is that a buzz anywhere? I'm just curious. There is a uh, yeah, I mean there's uh there are some carriers that have uh well I we haven't gotten into the notion of, of, of visas. I haven't gotten into the notion with visas uh much with anybody, but there's there are people that have uh you know, a lot of uh, kind of interchange freight um Mexican drivers running uh freight in in uh in US trailers, you know, in in Mexican trucks in in the United States and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you are uh, what you're what you're getting at there is is probably something that that some people will will try to do. And the other, I guess the uh, I don't. So here's the thing, though. I don't uh, I don't really know for sure anything. I don't really know for sure if uh, those drivers will actually work for much less, um, frankly. And I think that's a big question. Okay. But I know that uh, from everything I've read, they would have to prove that there is a shortage in order to utilize. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole, right, the whole shortage game is, is – I mean, in my in my mind, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of like in the past. There's been the whole shortage game is is kind of a message. Not it's not intended for drivers. It's intended. It's not intended for drivers. It's intended uh, for uh, shippers, and it's intended to say, hey, uh, uh, we we have problems. We don't have a lot of drivers. Uh, it's like it's like it's like a it's like a little telegraphing of okay, there's a capacity problem. So now we have to charge you more. Uh, that kind of thing. You, you know, it's like. Uh, but yeah, like using the using the idea of a shortage as a way to um, you know get some changes in the law so that you can recruit uh, uh, foreign nationals to drive and such. I, yeah, I mean, there's probably some there's probably somebody out there that'll do that. I mean, that's uh, and uh, at, the, at the same time, I don't know if there's a lot of benefit to it. Uh, it's not some, it's actually not something that uh, I haven't have looked at directly. But uh, good, uh, uh, interesting thing to bring up for sure. Well, maybe we'll see that in Trucker's News. I mean, from your viewpoint, <laughs> then, uh, from your viewpoint, then, Todd, uh, you you are you don't. Is there a truck driver shortage or not? Oh, uh, I don't think there's a truck driver shortage. No, I think. <laughs> I think uh I think there's plenty there's lots of drivers, there's a lot of people out there without work that need that want to work. And 
it's uh, you know it's it's a it's a very it's just a complicated dynamic. It's a way of of talking about something um, that uh, that a lot of carriers kind of uh, you know a lot of people anyway when they're talking about it, don't really stop to think uh, about exactly what they're saying. I mean, you know, basically what they mean is there's like a they feel like there's a shortage of people that want to, that want to work for them. I mean, that's the idea. Uh, okay. And that they want to work for them, you know, so they're not getting the right applicants that they want, and uh, or they're not getting the, the exact right kind of person that they want, or something. You know, that's that's what it's code for. Right. And the other but, thing uh, is, we need to get a bigger pool in of qualified drivers, and we're going to have to step up the CDL training, which we've been talking about. You know, it seems forever, but um, if you want to replace. You have to have qualified drivers coming in, and that's right. okay. But but, okay. but but what's a qualified driver? We have Patches over here. He's definitely a qualified driver, but he can't get hired. Right. He's probably been driving trucks longer than I've been alive. You, you yeah, see what I'm I saying, mean, Donna? Well, yeah, but they're they're saying for the ones that are retiring, you know, what did Todd say? The average age is forty-seven. Forty-seven. Okay, and drivers usually, you know, their their health issues, their knees and uh, so forth, kind of make their career shorter than on a lot of other careers. So what I'm saying is, I would think that if you're really worried about a shortage, you're really going to vamp up your training program and say, hey, we're going to um, find more qualified applicants, which is another problem, you know, with recruiting. You're going to have to have a better screening process. Uh, I know Jan and Jim McCarter had a great um, article on their blog uh, about a, a guy that was in CDL training. He didn't even want to be there, but they made him go. Uh, just, you know, to show that he was trying to do something and he turned out to be a terrible applicant. So there's going to be have to be better screening processes in the, in the industry, uh, better recruiting, better training. And, you know, if, if you're really worried about a driver shortage, you're really going to have to address those issues also. And yeah. I know training thing's a whole other show. I mean, we could go on about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think there's a certain amount there's a certain amount of truth to the idea of, of driver shortage in, in the whole uh, uh, generational thing. Um, uh, the amount of young people coming in and the amount of uh, you know, the, the kind of slow aging of the of the industry uh, writ large. I think I, I mean I think the average uh, driver age may be actually more than 47. I, didn't, I don't think I said that, but uh, I yeah, think, I think Richard said that. Oh, Richard, yeah, maybe yeah. a little more. Maybe a little higher. I mean, there's probably there's different statistics and stuff out there. But um, well, I did a post a while back about that, but I don't have it in front of me. And I I had figured I had estimated the average age. Uh, I'm not going to say I don't remember what I put in that post, but I think it was a little bit higher than that too. But that is definitely uh, something to look at the retirement. I'm going to try to get we're winding down time here, Todd. But I want to try to get sure. another caller here for you. Might have something for you. From uh, Minnesota, area code seven six three. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hello, Alan. This is Jason Haggard. Hey, Jason. Hey. I told you I'd get a chance to call in when I got some time. Yeah, um, I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, it's kind of funny because I was just doing. You know, you know me. I kind of work under the. I work under the cover of darkness in the trucking industry. You know that. Um, <laughs> 
And uh, over the last week, I kind of did a poll of just different carriers and called up and said, hey, I'm looking for a job and this kind of thing. And what I have found, believe it or not, is there are quite a few carriers out there who are more than willing to take somebody without the experience rather than with because they are so living in fear of CSA 2010 that they would rather put somebody on that has no experience but also has no record of accidents, no record of any type of violation, and they would rather take them on that way than take somebody that does have maybe a slight blemish on their record and with 10 to 15 to 20 years of experience. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, Todd, because we talked about, I mean, you get somebody with no experience, well, they're not going to have any anything on their record. We did talk about that, but, yeah, and it's funny. So, like, what are they worrying about there? Because, okay, here's the here's the reality of it. Like, that person's past history does not affect their exactly. current score. So what they're, what they're worrying about, but it doesn't affect their current score. If they hired him, they, they, their score wouldn't change until he did something else. But what they're looking right. at is they're looking at that PSP, and they're saying, and they're, and they're, and they're sort of, maybe, maybe what's going on is they're, like, making a bet on, uh, on uh, you know, maybe they're making, uh, like, a bet on, but would that be smart making a like a bet on like okay in the event that this person gets to an accident, like they have the PSP trail to prove that this that this guy has a record uh, of, of inspection trail. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh-huh. yeah, strange. They're, 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 it's almost like they're going for the safe horse bet, and in in reality, I think they're shoot, shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah, because a person that's totally untested is uh, you know is a total wild card, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, there's, there's, you know, I, I, I actually, I, I kept track of some of the numbers and stuff, and um, I, I, right now I'm stuck in the middle of Wisconsin. I'm on one of my breaks, and as soon as I get back, you know, as soon as I get back to the house, uh, by the Monday sometime, I'm actually going to put together those numbers and get those posted up, and, and Alan, I'll be sure and send a copy of those over to you so you can post them up too. It's just, it's, it's a really good food for thought thing where people can yeah. look at it. And, and say you know and and you know maybe somebody whether it be carriers whether it be uh, whether you know whether it be the DOT whoever sees this and says you know hey are we going in the right direction with doing this or what are we promoting something else that uh, we could get staked in with right yeah. okay all right sounds good I'll be looking forward to it thanks Jason uh, okay well we're uh, we're winding down Todd appreciate you joining us again and uh, no doubt. Give give us out your websites again, if to, uh, and uh, how how can people get a hold of you if they wanted to uh, touch more on this subject? I just I just post my email to the um, to the chat room there, but it's tdills at rrpub dot com, and then uh, you can find uh, some of the writing I do on the blog, which is Overdrive Online uh, slash channel nineteen channel one nine, and um, uh. And, you know, truckersnews.com is the main type of truckers news as well. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a great magazine. I read it read it every month. So, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll have to do this again. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we're looking Sorry. forward to uh, Lucinda Coulter is going to be on on the 17th. We're going to be doing that 50-year oh, overdrive. Okay, that's, that's scheduled already, eh? 50 years of overdrive. That's- awesome. Well, yeah. first of uh, a couple of shows at least, so uh, yeah, we got that for the seventeenth. It's the seventeenth, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, I haven't got it up yet because I'm waiting for some information and things to get it on. But we will be uh, we will be scheduling that show for uh, February seventeenth. So fifty that, years of awesome. overdrive. That's going to be pretty cool. 
She's been doing great stuff with that blog. It's a uh, Overdrive Retro. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Well, all right. Thanks, thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll get back with you. All right. All right. Bye now. All right. Thanks. And uh, Todd Dill, senior editor at Truckers News Magazine, TruckerNews.com. And he has a great blog. Uh, if you haven't been on there, you need to get on there and bookmark it. And it's uh, over uh, OverdriveOnline.com forward slash channel one nine. Really a great blog. Uh, Donna, winding down. Got a few minutes here. Did you have any announcements? Yeah, I do have a, a couple announcements. Oh, uh, imagine that. <laughs> okay, we've got the convoy for the kids on September 4th, and uh, we reached the 2,000 views on that video, which gives um, the kids $2,000. There was a trucking company who said if we could, not we, Charlie Claiborne of convoyforthekids.com, uh, who's putting it on, uh, was challenged. He was challenged to have 2,000 views for his video in so many days, and just to let everybody know um, that it did make it. Did it really? Yep. Wow. Uh, um, we're really happy that he had asked us to help him with that. We're honored for that, and uh, we'll be putting more out about that too. That's convoyforthekids.com. Uh, Jan and Jim McCarter put an announcement out that their truck is now uh, paid for. Congratulations to them. I know that must be a tremendous feeling. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Isn't it? Yeah, that's great. And um, let's see. Again, we always like to put out, please check out the website, truckersagainsttrafficking.com. Uh, tremendous awareness for the human trafficking uh, that's going on in the nation, in the world. Uh, but how truck drivers themselves are being such an asset in uh, reporting uh, a lot of the atrocities that do occur and exist uh, within the truck stop. So if you want to learn more about that, truckersagainsttrafficking.com. Again, um, I had an email from someone in Australia that said they couldn't download the Trucker app. That's the iPhone trucking application that we have. We do have InfoMedia researching that because supposedly we had people downloading that in Australia, and um, they just like to keep up and keep connected with us because it is such a um, – a, a relationship type uh, uh, application as well as information so we are working on that I don't know if you're listening but um, we sent an email to you also um, let's see and okay we already announced the um, celebration of Overdrive's 50 years with Lucinda Coulter on the 17th and we're pr I'm pretty excited about that I've been talking to her through emails and um, I think it's going to be a great nostalgic show I hope everybody can be a part of that and uh, anyway I think that's it for tonight Alan Okay, well, sounds good. So, all right, well, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, as soon as I get that information, Don, I'll get that show scheduled for the 17th. <clears throat> but that'll be up there. So that will uh, wrap it up here for this evening of Truth About Trucking Live. So um, right now, Donna, we we got to get out of here. You know why? Why? Because Big John's coming to town. <laughs> from, the, from when the big rigs don't roll music CD, uh, here is Big John's coming to town. So you can check out our show schedule at blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking. And uh, thanks for all the callers listening online, everyone in the chat. Had a lot of chatting going on in there. I couldn't hardly keep up with it, but we appreciate you listening. And uh, so until next time for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe. And as always, thanks for listening. Music.
pulls his truck stop outside of San Antonio. Thought I stepped out of my cab into the twilight zone. Truckers all around me looked at me and stared. I even saw one cross himself and say a little prayer. Waitress grabbed my arm and whispered, What you having, dear? I just whispered back to her, What's going on in here? Somebody yelled, a woman screamed, Someone fired a gun. Skinny cook hollered, Big John's coming, Save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, Save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. I looked down the street, couldn't believe my eyes. A wild man in a Peterbilt, a cougar by his side. Stacks were blowing flames when he locked those air brakes down. Big Cat followed him inside just like he was a hound. Man gave me the evil eye, shuffled by me like a bear. Grabbed six cans of Red Bull and downed them with a stare. Drank hot coffee from the pot, never blinked an eye. Right there on that spot that day, I thought I would die. Don't hesitate or contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town, Big John's coming to town. Tossed a three-pound steak into a frying pan Turned it once and turned it twice Grabbed it with his hand Ate it all with habaneros Finished it with a belch Flames flashed from his smoking lips Breath as hot as hell Then he turned and looked me in the eye With a crooked grin Right there on that spot that day I thought it was my end Big man said, do you know me? i never seen you around Stranger, we both better get out Big John's coming to town Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough Big John's coming to town Big John's coming to town get you moving there a little bit. Big John's coming to town. That's from when the Big Rigs Don't Roll music CD. If you haven't got that CD, it's a great CD. 
just Google just Google when the big rigs don't roll, you'll find it. And uh, thanks again for all the listeners online, the callers, everyone in the chat. Uh, appreciate you being here. And again, check out our keep up with our show schedule at blogtalkradio.com slash truth about trucking. We have shows lined up for you. We'll have one uh on the seventeenth uh, of February. It's not up yet, but it will be there. So uh thanks again. Appreciate it. Todd, always a pleasure. And uh check out Todd uh, the Truckers News magazine at truckersnews.com. And uh we will see you again next time on Truth About Trucking Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Good night everybody. <laughs>